702. The Political Desk. It's the Political Desk, but really it is the economy, stupid, as someone famously said once. Yesterday, of course, we heard from the president uh, that uh, as South Africa moves uh, to lockdown one, lockdown alert level one from midnight on Sunday, it means that the economy is going to open up a whole lot more. For example, our borders will open to the world beginning next month. So from an economic point of view, how have we managed this crisis and what happens going forward? We're joined now by the CEO of Signia, uh, Magda Vyazitska, on the line. Magda, very good morning to you. Welcome back to our program. Hi, Bangani, and good morning to our listeners. Thank you for having me on. We're having you on because we want to talk about uh, the economy and what happens going forward as far as the recovery plan is concerned. But before we do that, it's a question no doubt you've been asked before. Uh, twenty Hindsight is 2020 vision, right? Looking back, did we do the right things for this economy? Not taking up, uh, away the necessity for lockdown from a health point of view, but for the economy, did we do the right things? Did we leave level one too late, for example? Magda? Right, I'm not sure what's going on with our line there. We seem to have lost uh, Magda Vyazitska, but I do want her views on that. Uh, we know different uh, sectors of our economy uh, have been decimated, right? Tourism, aviation, hospitality, uh, even the usual star performers like retail are strained. What next? Uh, she's back on the line. Oh, Magda, we do have you. Um, all right, we lost you there for a bit. Yes, apologies. All right, my question was, did we leave uh, level one too late, for example? Yeah. Have we done all the right things for this economy? Look, hindsight is always 50-50 and, and you've got this perfect line of sight backwards. You don't have a line of sight forward. You know, when this lockdown went into effect in March, obviously the world looked very different. There were very scary potential implications of South Africa. We had very high rates of immunocompromised people in terms of TB, in terms of HIV AIDS. So, you know, potentially there was a lot of overreaction to what was happening and not enough time being spent on, um, you know, really digging into the economic implications of uh, what a lockdown of this nature would do to a country like South Africa, where, you know, I economy flatlined way ahead of the virus. Um, and obviously, given the numbers, and I am in no way trying to diminish, you know, the, the misery and suffering that uh, has come with it, particularly to those that have lost loved ones. But clearly, um, you know, with hindsight, the lockdown should not have been as severe as it had been, because I think the secondary effects of it, you know, the poverty, the hunger, the crime, the unemployment, the human misery cost will be with us for a number of years to come. Infrastructure seems to now be the buzzword to get us out of this mess economically. But the big question is, where will the money come from? And as you know, there are now increasing concerns that our pensions are being targeted. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, actually, when you look at big uh, job creators, because you know, it's no point in, in looking at industries which only employ people. So you've got kind of two industries you can look at. You can look at manufacturing, which unfortunately, you know, in South African context has really been decimated by cheap imports from Asia, China, and so on. And the other one is infrastructure spend. Now, in the South African context, we all know that our infrastructure is failing, by the way. 
So, so let's put one thing on the table. You know, our roads, waters, bridges in Johannesburg, many of them first collapsed. And uh, never mind electricity, which is obviously the big boogeyman in the room. So, so we know that infrastructure is failing. So if you are going to allocate resources or if you are going to allocate funding, and we'll, we'll get to the sources of that, you know, that's the obvious part of, of where you would want to, to start allocating money. Yeah. Now, you know, where does the money come from? I mean, money for infrastructure projects is available, and it's available both domestically to a limited extent and internationally. But before you can mobilize that money, you know, there must be a climate of confidence um, by investors in the country concerned. So, so you can't have this um, climate of, you know, corruption, money disappearing, and, you know, and all the things that we just witnessed through COVID-19 again. Okay. Um, so, so before we can hope to attract money from in particular international investors, you know, they have to have the security of knowing that the projects are run as at least private public sector partnerships rather than by government itself. Um, they need to, to um, have confidence that you're not going to have slogans such as land appropriation without competition because that talks directly to nationalization of projects as well. Um, there must be kind of a restoring of confidence in the government of South Africa. And incidentally, you know, I do believe that Sarah Ramaphosa is capable as an individual of achieving it, but some very, very harsh decisions would need to be made in terms of ANC. So, sorry, I have to come in there. I have to come in there because one of the concerns now is that uh, the, 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 the Regulation 28 proposals, right, around prescribed assets, is that an indication that mm-hmm. the confidence you are talking about simply isn't there? And so in order for us to get people to work, in order for these infrastructure projects to be taken on, uh, we need to find the money somewhere. We realize perhaps it won't come from outside of South Africa. I don't think it must come from outside of South Africa because, uh, you know, the reality of the pension, and I, I know the prescribed asset debate is kind of on the table and again yet another boogeyman, but there are certain things that people need to understand about prescribed assets. Prescribed assets was something that the apartheid regime used in order to fund itself using pension parts of status. But in that environment, the structure of retirement savings was defined benefit in nature. Basically, the corporates bore the risk. The corporates business with government, and hence corporates were willing to commit um, savings of uh, the, the, the uh, employees to uh, government bond investments. Um, the world has changed materially. We now have defined contribution funds with boards of trustees, and the, that you know savings part basically. It's uh, governed by both of trustees. It the, the investment risk within those retirement funds is borne by members. Members are direct stakeholders in how the money is invested. And those members are not only represented by both of trustees, they're represented by trade unions. And consequently, you know, I truly believe that it would be extremely difficult for governments to prescribe the, through Regulation 28 to prescribe investments in infrastructure because there are 200 different loopholes that people could use to get out of yeah. it. One of the obvious ones is resign your job and withdraw your benefits from retirement fund. Stop contributing to your retirement fund. You know, so, so I think that prescription 
is something that actually just from a you know, legal perspective would be extremely difficult to introduce. You know, everyone is, is panicking, but it's, it's a very blunt tool. Um, what government and ANC are looking at, and they've moved away from the kind of position paper on, on the target, and I think they've been advised on this point as well, is they are trying to mobilize a voluntary investment in infrastructure projects, and by increasing the limits that pension funds can commit to All right, we'll have to leave it there. Mark de Vyazitska, the CEO of Signia. And I suppose, uh, if anything you can take out of that, is that this is why all these things matter. Law and order matters. Uh, consequence management for people who do wrong, it all matters. The thuggery we've seen um, against uh, people we don't like, people we disagree with, right, whether it's the funeral parlor protests or whether it's the protests against uh, a retailer like clicks, all of that sort of stuff matters. The rail infrastructure that's now going to cost $4 billion to repair, all of that matters because investors need to know they will get their money out when and how they want to.